Well, good morning. Well, welcome to December. Are, are you ready? Yeah, mostly so. Okay, well, well, good. I imagine some of us will cry out to God for help uh, somewhere during the course of this month. I know we've begun doing it at our house. So, uh, hey, speaking of crying out to God, I, I do want to let you know of a, of a couple of prayer requests and praises on our staff family, let you know a couple of things that have been going on. We'll start with a praise. Uh, Eric and Anna Heatherly, our children's pastor, they just had a little baby boy uh, named Porter. Yeah, praise the Lord for that. They're excited, so uh, be praying for that transition of a new little one into their home. And then uh, I, I think a lot of you maybe have heard Mike and, Mike and Sue Osborne, Mike, uh, our executive pastor had a double knee replacement uh, three weeks ago. While having a double knee replacement, he tore his ACL. Now, I don't know how you get a football injury laying on an operating table, but Mike, Mike managed to do that. And uh, if you know much about the therapy and recovery of a knee replacement and the therapy and recovery of a torn ACL, they're the exact opposite. And so that, that makes the recovery a little bit of a challenge. But on a more of a praise note, like I said, his surgery was three weeks ago. He is, he's doing really well. The, the pain management has gone well. He is getting his mobility and moving around. But I, I do want to make you aware of that. If you didn't know, to keep Mike and Sue in your prayers as they kind of continue through this. As some of you know, three weeks is not the end of the process. He's, he's still in, in the middle of that. And then uh, Ronnie and Tina West, Ronnie, one of our associate pastors, uh, two weeks ago, right, right before Thanksgiving, his mother had a, a pretty significant, I guess the word used is a, a major stroke. And uh, it's, it's kind of had a life-changing effect on her. Obviously, there was a couple of days there where we didn't know she was going to live. And uh, as they were going into Thanksgiving week, Ronnie and Tina hopped in the car. It was not their plan to spend uh, Thanksgiving in Tennessee, but, but off they went. And as they were they're helping and, and caring for her. Uh, his dad had a health event and ended up in the hospital for several days. And, and again, all of these are kind of life-changing events. And so kind of the way to pray for them is not only kind of the healing and the recovery they're going through, but they're at kind of a place right now where they're also kind of having to pray how do we work through what's next? What, what, what are the next steps look like? So a lot on them. I know many of you have, have traveled that road. And, and uh, speaking of traveling a road, I, I believe after two weeks, uh, Ronnie and Tina are actually on the way home uh, right now. So you, you know what it's like to go on a trip un, unplanned, be gone for two weeks, and then what, what they'll be coming back to. His boss is horrible, so I just would warn you to be <laughs> praying about Ronnie returning to work tomorrow. So, uh, but but want to keep all three of those in your prayer. I know many of you know all of these guys or one or two of them. And I hope in the coming days, if not already you've done this, be sure and express your love, your support, and uh, your prayers for them. Why don't we have a, a word of prayer for those families right now? Heavenly Father, I, I said just a moment ago that sometime during the course of this month we'll cry out help. You, you, you offer us that invitation. The God of gods, the Almighty, the Most Holy, actually you introduce yourself to us as our helper. And uh, Lord, I, I pray for the West, the Osbournes, the Heatherleys, very different situations going on there. But in each of those places, what a blessing if, if you would help. 
Help with, help with healing, help with finances, help with decision-making, help with wisdom and next steps. Uh, just help in a transition. God, you promise us in Psalm 46 that you're a very present help in the time of our troubles. And I, I pray for these families. They will know this week your help. And Lord, as I lift up to you those families, I, I know that Throughout our congregation here, our, our Midlothian campus, our lives right now that also say, could you add me to that list? Man, I need to know God's help. And, and Lord, why I may not know who's saying that right this moment or, or what area that help is needed, you know. And Lord, I would pray for that person, those, those people throughout this room, uh, that Lord, this week... This week, I, I don't even know what, exactly what it is I'm praying for, but I pray this week they will see your help. I, I pray this week they will see your goodness, your faithfulness, moving and working in their lives to be their helper. Oh God, I thank you that you hear our prayers and it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Well, have you ever uh, experienced something really exciting? I, I mean, it might as might have been a TV show. It might have been an event that you were a part of, but you were really blessed by it, really excited about it, and you went to tell somebody else about it, and as you were just coming out of your skin with excitement, they're just staring at you. You know, you, you ever said, well, I guess you had to be there, right? I, I mean, that's a frustrating moment when something has been really kind of cool, fun, exciting, great for you, and, and you, you can't get it out. You can't get them to enjoy that excitement that you have. Folks, I tell me what December is going to be about at the Heights. It, it's going to be about teaching me, teaching you, finding that way to share a joy, to share an excitement. And I think what we're, our goal was going to be something a little bit more profound than a TV show. But being able to share a great blessing in our lives. This is going to be a very unique Christmas series. It's going to be about joining God in what He is doing in Christmas. And what we're going to be talking about today and in the weeks to come, folks, this is how we will be a church that the 804 can't imagine being without. If, if this is your first time here, that's the vision of our church, to be that church in our community. And there are lots of, I mean, dozens and do, hundreds of things that we are doing to be that church in the course of the next eight, nine, ten years so that we become that in our community. But above all of that is what we're going to be talking about during the course of this month. It is how we become that this church, and it is how you make us that church. You say, you, you who? You, the one who doesn't think I'm talking to you. I've got great news for you. No, I've got a warning for you. The sign out front will not make us a church the community cannot imagine being without. You know, uh, the, the, the hired staff by themselves are not how that is going to... It's, it's how you, you are the church. It's how every single one of us is going to take personal the responsibility to be that church. Folks, I'm so excited about this. I'm like the guy that I was just talking about a moment. I'm so excited. Y'all just staring at me. I've, I've got a gift for you. I've got a gift that I'm going to give you December 16th. There's some assembly required. 
there is some instructions, but boy, is it a very practical, very helpful gift. Say, why don't you give it to us today? Well, I need to lay the groundwork today. Today's like the beginning of the instructions. And then, of course, next week we, we have our, our choir and, and orchestra concert, an absolute highlight of our year. I'm so looking forward to that. I, I'm already hearing, like, we're having almost the identical forecast to what we had the same Sunday last year. You know, so we'll see how this all plays out. Dale mentioned a moment ago the 5 o'clock service. That is kind of an advantage. I think if anything happens next week, and I'm praying it away. So, ooh, I just said that out loud. Now we'll see how good the pastor's prayers are. (laughs) Holy cow, we're going to have like four feet of snow next week. Oh my gosh, I really put myself on the line here. But, you know, chances are, I think whatever is going to happen, if anything does, pretty minimal. Last year, you might remember, we we didn't have our first service, which was at 820 last year. Uh, We went ahead with the, the later services, but now we've got that five o'clock. I know out at Midlothian, you're having a special service out there in the morning, and then we're inviting you to join us out here at five o'clock. So uh, watch, f- watch for the announcements. We'll, we'll find out what is going on. But that, you don't want to miss next Sunday. It, it is a highlight. It is something you want to share. I promise you right now, when you come here next morning, next Sunday morning, because there will not be four feet of snow. I'm saying that by faith. Uh, there won't be. You're going to leave here and say, gosh, I wish I would have brought, and you'll, you'll know the name. And uh, so I'm just hey, you step out in faith and invite them now, or just know you can leave here next Sunday morning and bring them back at five o'clock. So, but I can't give you the, ne- the gift next week because we're doing that. So then you come back on the 16th and I will give you this gift. Now, the, the, the staff and I have been, we, we've had this gift for about a month. I think it's about a month, maybe maybe going on two months that, that we've been able to, to use this. We, we bought it for our church and it's, it's like, you know, we're, hey, let's open the present early and start playing with it. And we have. And it is, folks, I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm going to suggest that I'm going to give you something on the 16th that will more revolutionize, more profoundly affect who you are in this world on your street with the people that got more than anything else you've had in your Christian life. That's what I'm going to suggest that I'm going to be trying to give you on December 16th. It's going to be, you're going to be here for it? I hope so. Gosh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, so like I said, we've been using this and, it, and it's just been a, it, it's been a great, uh, it, it's been a great thing for us. So we're, we're going to be looking, how do we become that church? How do we become what, what God wants us to be in our world. Because, you know, God moved. If I'm joining God, then I have to get a moving mindset. God moved to begin a relationship, and he had a purpose in that relationship. Let, 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 me, let, let, me, let me back up. God wants to bless nations. Whole nations, the ones you're reading about in the news. God wants to bless nations. God wants to bless people, and God wants to do that through you. You who? You the one who thinks I'm not talking to you. God wants to do that. This has, this is how God works. Look up here on the screen. Genesis chapter 12. Very beginning of the Bible. We're going to see God. Here, here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's how I, I do this. Genesis 12. God is talking to Abram. It says there. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. Anybody want to sign up for this plan? 
Yeah, you can do that for me, God, anytime. So that. Now, so that is a purpose statement. Everything I just said is so that. Everything I just told you is for the reason of, for the purpose of what? That you will be a blessing. So God moves. This isn't Abram. Abram hasn't done anything. God moves into Abram's life. And he begins a relationship with him. And he says, in this relationship, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to make a whole nation out of you. This relationship that, that God is beginning with Abram is going to become what we now know as the Jewish people. And, and that's something. So I'm going to make a whole nation out of you. He's saying this to a, a, a getting on up in his years person who doesn't have a single child. But out of you will become a nation. So he's, man, I'm going to do all these great, great things for you. And, and there's a reason for it. There, there's a purpose for it. It is so that you will be a blessing. That's God's way of thinking. That's God's way of working. And, and that's not just something he did with Abram. That's not just something he did way, 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 way back then. Matter of fact, we can kind of fast forward about 2,000 years and, and walk into the New Testament. And we see that same theme, that same idea being repeated over and over. L- look up here. Now, when, when he talked to Abram, he said blessing. That's a big broad word, isn't it? I mean, blessing is a lot. I mean, there's a hundred ways to receive a blessing, to give a blessing. We got all kinds of ideas in this room right now of how I'd like to be blessed. But now watch in these passages, the same idea, but it's not broad. It's something very specific. Look at 2 Corinthians. He comforts us. Anybody need comfort today? Oh, yeah. Sure. Different ways, different reasons. He comforts us in all our troubles so that... Hey, wait a minute. Is this just what we just read? So that we can comfort others. Well, holy cow, God, I thought you just want to comfort me because that's just what I need. You just do that for me. Let it in. No, no, no. I absolutely want to comfort you. But I also want it to work out so that when, when, we, when you're troubled, you'll also be able to give the same comfort to others that, that God has given to us. I want to bless you. I want to give you comfort so that you can bless, so that you can comfort others. Look at the next verse. And God will generously provide all that you need. We don't have to raise hands right now, but I'm guessing more than one of us would say, I've got some need. Really anticipating, really looking forward to God meeting that ASAP. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need. And what? Plenty left over to share with others. God says, hey, I see your need. I want to meet that need. But I I want some of that. Some of that I just want to kind of funnel through you and keep right on going to somebody else. Look at the next one, Ephesians 4. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And that's, that's a pretty... I imagine all through this room, relationships could be fixed and changed and made so much... If we could give forgiveness... And God says, well, wait a minute. If you're wondering where forgiveness came from, I've got a whole well of forgiveness. I've given it to you. And out of what I've given you, now you go and and give that to somebody else. So you see, God God says to Abram, just a big, broad, general word. I want to bless you. And I want you to bless others. And then when we walk into these New Testament passages, we see some real specifics. Comfort, 
provision, physical need, forgiveness, a relational need. I mean, you could call it, we, we could broaden that out a little bit and say, God is meeting emotional needs in our life. God is meeting physical needs in our life. God is meeting relational needs in our life so that for, for the purpose of us turning and giving those same things to others. That, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Now, I know, because I know how we all think. There's at least one person in here right now thinking, well, I don't have to give anything to anybody. God didn't give me nothing. I, I don't know what all this generous provision and God gives this comfort. I tell you what, I, I could use all of that stuff that was just up there. I don't see God giving that to me. You know what? I, I, I don't know who's saying that right now. And I don't know what you're tying that to. And I'm confident that it's very real to you that, that God has not done, not yet done that thing. But I, but I want to tell you something in all love. God absolutely has blessed you. And folks, there's a lot of us, a lot of us that have totally missed out on why we've been blessed. You know, if you pick something up, and you use it in a different way than it was designed, if you use it for a different purpose than it was given, there's a real chance you break it. There's a real chance it doesn't work anymore like it's supposed to. And and, and I think there's a a real natural thing in all of us is that pour the blessing. Pour pour it. Well, let's have that Thanksgiving. I'm going to call out my blessings. Folks, the the goal of being blessed is not just giving thanks. The goal of blessing is that blessing pouring through us and going out to others. And when it's never going out to others, guess what? It starts to break. It starts to, to dry up. Now, maybe one question we could ask here, I thought it, I would ask it. Hey, God, why, why is this the way you do things? I, I, I don't want to sound sarcastic and I don't want to sound rude to the Lord, but I mean, isn't there just a little bit inside you that would say, why don't you just go through this yourself? I mean, let me say it better. God, you would bless them better than I would. Why are you waiting to bless somebody through me? Why are you putting that on me? You just go do it. You're better at it than I am anyway. Oh, folks, we would ask that question as we grope around in this world trying to to find significance, trying to find meaning, trying to do something, live in a way that counts. And God has given it to us. God has given us the opportunity of a significant life, a life that makes a difference today, a life that makes a difference in eternity. God has given us the ability to be like Him. God has given us the ability to do what He would do, to take what He's given to us and to be able to give some of that to others. Folks, when I'm doing that, I'm being like God. And when I'm being like God, I'm at my very best at praising Him. I'm at my very best at giving Him thanks. I'm at my very best at blessing Him. I mean, there's a command in the Bible that says, bless God. How am I going to bless God? Oh, I take what He's blessed me with. And I give it to somebody else. Folks, you see what God's done? He's given us these commands. I want you to praise me. I want you to give me thanks. I want you to bless me. And then he gives us all the stuff we need to be obedient. God has given us everything we need so we become even more blessed. When he finds you faithful with the blessings, man, I'm telling you what, the highway opens up. And when we're unfaithful with the blessings... 
Well, that's not very... You know what? God's not punishing you when you and I are unfaithful with blessings. He's keeping you from being held accountable for being more and more and more and more and more disobedient. Thank you, God, for not giving me any more so that I could be held more accountable to my disobedience with your blessings. Starting with forgiveness. Ooh, that's a whole other message. We'll just stop there. But, but you see how God works? I mean, very, I mean, the opening pages of the Bible to the New Testament, this is how God works. And it all begins in a relationship. God moves to Abraham. And what are we celebrating at Christmas? God moving. God moving from heaven. God moving from the realm of glory into the womb of Mary. Why? To begin a relationship with you. To begin a relationship with you. You know, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to boil the Christmas story down to one verse. There's, there's no need to do that. There's no challenge to do that. We've been given lots of verses that make up the Christmas story. But if I was, if I was to boil it down to one verse, I think one that would be in the running would be Matthew 1.23. Look up here. Behold the virgin. Now, I would, I would put this first just because of that word virgin. There's a lot going on. Why a virgin birth? How a virgin birth? What all that means is huge. That's not just a, hey, I think I'm going to do this in kind of a cool miracle. No, no, there's something, there's a lot going on there. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, God with us. God with me. Folks, the greatest thing that you and I give to somebody, the greatest blessing we can offer somebody is not finances. It's not comfort. It's not a relational need. Now, by saying that's not the greatest thing, I didn't say those things are irrelevant and unimportant. No, we've already read the New Testament passage. Those are commands in our lives, right? I am to be looking for the opportunity to give comfort, to, to give a physical assistance, to, to give forgiveness and meet other relational needs. And I think the reason God says, hey, I want you out there doing all this blessing is because often that's what opens the heart so that we can give the greater blessing that person needs. So that we can share the greater thing for that person. And that is the opportunity to know the ability to say, God is with me. What, what can you possibly give somebody for this moment or for all of eternity that is more significant, more profound than the ability to say, God is with me. He's not a God that is far off. He's not a God of that religion's temple. He's not a God for a few special people. Man, he is God near. He is God with me. He's God with me at work today. He's God with me at school today. He's God with me today when I fell in love. And he's God with me today when I got the most horrible news I could ever imagine getting. He's God with me in every single one of these moments. That's what God wants for somebody. That's what you and I have been charged to give them. God with us. There, there is a, a, another word that kind of encapsulates this. It's, it's, it's a Christmas word. It, it, it is a, a word that kind of encapsulates the theology of this. And that's the word incarnation. Have y'all heard that? Matter of fact, at Christmas, we got some songs about Jesus being incarnate. Incarnate means to be in the flesh. 
God incarnate. Jesus is the God incarnate. Jesus is the God in the flesh. God so that we can see him because we really are kind of driven by our sight, aren't we? God so that we can see him. God so that we can touch him. God so that we can understand him and process him in that way. So God comes in the flesh so that we know he is God with us. I want to read a passage that uh, to me is the most Christmas of all Christmas passages. But it's not found where you'd think it would be found. There's not gonna, I'm not going to read about a star. I'm not going to read about angels or shepherds or a manger or any of these things that, that make up what we think of as the Christmas story. But the passage I'm going to read is actually going to describe what is happening as Jesus moves from the, the, the realm of glory into the womb of Mary. What actually is happening? What's going on in that moment? It's described for us. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, it says this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Now, let's just stop right there. (laughs) Okay, the, the command on your life and on my life is that as I look out at the world, as I look at people, I'm to, I'm to look at them, I'm to look at it through the same eyes of Jesus. I'm to have the same mindset, I'm to have the same attitude of, of looking at people and dealing with people that Jesus had. Okay, well, so what is that? What does it mean to have the same attitude as Jesus? And listen to what the scriptures points to. It points to Christmas as to the attitude you and I should have. Listen to this. Okay, it says, you have the same attitude, Christ Jesus. Verse 6, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He didn't say, hey, you know what? You owe me. You know, that's not very kind. That's not very respectful. Hey, you know, what about what I need in this moment? Hey, what about, I mean, hey, we're Americans. What about my rights? I mean, this is the American way. This is the sinner selfish way. Me, me, me. What do you owe me? What are you doing for me? You should be respecting. And some of those things we're requesting of us are actually right. There's nothing wrong with requesting respect. There's nothing wrong with, you know, requesting that somebody acknowledge. I mean, that's, that's very normal. That's the human way. But my goal is not to be like y'all. I'm to have the same attitude as Christ. What was, what was his attitude? Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up. He gave up his divine privileges. And he took the humble position of a slave. And here's the Christmas verse. And was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died as a criminal on the cross. So when you and I are told, have the same mindset of God. Okay, so we have the incarnate God. We have Jesus coming in the flesh. But I think what I just read says we got a lot more than just, well, there's God. That's what he looks like. We got a lot more than that, didn't we? And we really saw who he was. We saw his heartbeat. We saw his mind. Have the same mind of Christ. And and as I read that, I think about God moving, coming to begin a relationship with me. The result should be that I would humbly 
Look, I mean, I'm out there trying. It's not, oh, it's Christmas. I need to do something good. Oh, it's Thanksgiving. Oh, we're taking up and off. No, the, the, the whole mode of my life, the whole mode of my existence, every day, every relationship. How can I humbly move into the lives of others and serve their needs? Why? So they can see God. So that they can know God with us. Folks, this whole incarnation thing is still going on. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to to challenge me. To become God with us on our street. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge me that, that, that when we live, I mean, obviously this can go anywhere. I mean, work, school, the ball team, it can go anywhere. But I'm, our focus, our challenge is going to be our street. I wonder right now, today, right now, is there anybody on your street who desperately needs to know God is with them? And you and I, and I'm going to speak for myself I've been living there, right there next to him for 16 years. Why do they not know that? Why do they not know that God is with them? I'm there. That's my street to be God in the flesh, to be the church in the flesh. Yeah, I say church. It's easier to say Jesus, isn't it? Jesus, that's warm fuzzies, little baby. The church, that's an institution. We don't like the church anymore. We're not sure about all what the church is anymore. The church, you and me, we're the body of Christ. What does that mean? I am, you are, the flesh of Jesus on the planet today. If somebody is seeing Jesus, they are seeing the church. And if they're seeing the church, they should be seeing what Jesus... Well, that's scary. (laughs) If somebody watches you and I gather... If somebody listens to our conversations, if they see how we leave here and go live in the world, they should be able to say, so that's what Jesus is like. The gift I'm going to give you, and by the way, this is actually a real gift. It's not like, okay, so what it is, it's something's already in your heart. No, 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 it, 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 it. Because that's what pastors do. No, no. It, it, there's, an, there's, there's going to be an actual transfer. There's going to be a gift. You're going you're, you're, you're to hold it in your hand. You're going to take it and you're going to use it. And it will profoundly impact how you begin to understand and relate with people around you every day of your life. If you use the gift. If you don't use the gift, I can guarantee you will have none of that impact. Are you ready to be God with us? On your street. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I I am asking for your anointing. I am asking for your blessing on what we're going to be focusing on, God, on our desire to join you in what you're doing in Christmas. God, I'm asking for every one of us that there'd be no greater desire in our lives to be than to be Jesus in the flesh. For the people you've planted all around us. Lord, I pray. I pray 2019. For our church. And and for each of us individually. Will be the most profound year we've ever experienced in our lives. 
as we take some very practical and powerful steps to be Jesus on our street, to be God with us, with the people you've placed all around us. God, we want to, we really want to be a church where people see you. We want people in a, in a growing nation of hatred to the church. I want us to be a people, God, that the community can't imagine being without us. Each one of us being that church. God, it, that's going to take you. That, what I'm praying for is so far beyond our wisdom, so far beyond our goodness, so far beyond our strength. We lay it at your feet and we lay ourselves there. Oh God, maybe a brand new prayer in our lives. I want to be blessed. And while being blessed, Lord, I want to use some of that to bless others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.